Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Passing Dimes. Really excited for today's guest. He grew up playing for Big Bruce Volleyball and switched to the Blue Water Ballistics. We'll learn all about that in a second. He's already played for Team Canada, both indoor and beach, representing us indoor at U21 and on the beach on the FIB World Tour and FISU Games. He's a first-team All-Star at Guelph, second-team All-Canadian, and the creator of the 8x8 beach apparel that we all know and love. Please welcome to the show, Johnny Pickett. Johnny, thanks for doing this, man. Thanks for having me, Josh. Always a good day to hop on a podcast with you. You know, the more I hang around the beach, the more I just like like to not talk and hear stories. And you've got a lot of stories. I think a lot of people, one, don't know where Wyerton is because people are like, oh, he's from Owen Sound. People need to know that's a different community. That's a different town. But uh, also your, your your journey is pretty unique where I think a lot of people just need to understand, how did you start playing volleyball? So growing up in Wyerton, I'm guessing hockey was a thing. But when did you switch to volleyball or start playing volleyball? Right. So I started off with hockey and started here in Wyerton. And then I made the jump to trying to play a little more competitive in the local AAA program at Grey Bruce Highlanders based out of Chesley. Tried that out for a year. And as I went through the year, I was starting to just not enjoy the sport anymore at that level. So about two weeks left in the season, I decided just, you know what, this isn't for me. If I'm not having fun, I'm just going to go do something that I enjoy doing. So I dropped it. And from there on, I just started playing every single sport in school like one does and especially in a small school in Wyerton it was pretty easy to make all the teams which was helpful um so in my first time playing volleyball I was just in elementary school gym class you know kind of liked it was also on the other side of the fence like most kids at the beginning ages where you know you don't really like volleyball but then I had a really cool teacher Mrs. Ward in elementary school who coached our uh elementary volleyball team and she really got me into the game and then once we started playing a lot we got a flyer at school for big bruce volleyball and this was a program a developmental league based out of chesley and it was ran by a volleyball legend barry nutri and uh you know i hopped on that idea and i was like mom dad like i really want to go to this so i started going and basically what big bruce is it's grades 9 to 12 so you have a pretty big range of athletes so at the beginning you go you know I was a pretty small grade nine kid like I didn't grow too fast I was a bit of a late bloomer you know you're pretty scared when you first get out there but everybody was so welcoming and I just got addicted to volleyball like I call it the volleyball bug you get bit by it and from there on out I was hooked like I couldn't get enough of volleyball so I was looking forward to it but that was only once a week so that was clearly just not enough for me um so it went from big Bruce volleyball they'd have like few tournaments throughout the year where you play against other developmental leagues there's actually one in chatham where friend of the show pierce johnson is from so we would go up there play against them and then i wanted to play more and more each week so then i found out there's a men's league running out of chesley as well on wednesday nights so i had tuesday and wednesdays locked up playing against some older guys just trying to get as many touches as possible but two times a week wasn't enough so now my dad took it upon himself. I came to my dad. I'm like, dad, I really want to play more volleyball. But, you know, coming from a small town in Ontario, everybody was just focused on hockey. There wasn't a ton of opportunities for kids who wanted to get in volleyball. So then my dad took it upon himself. There was a club who in recent years, maybe guys like four or five years older than me at the time, they started a club called Ballistics Volleyball. So my dad did some research. We got a crew together. We, we managed to get like 12 kids ranging from about kids who lived in Kincardine all the way up to Wyerton. So all down the Bruce Peninsula, some kids from Owen Sound, and we managed to get enough kids for a 16U team. So then I was up to about 
four times a week, maybe Tuesday I'm in Chesley, Wednesday I'm in Chesley, then I'm going down to King Carden to practice, then we have one practice in Wyerton. So I'm filling up my week with more and more volleyball as my love for the game got even bigger. Led me to now I'm in the summer, now I want to go to volleyball camps. I heard about some cool camps like Madawaska, Celtic, which is up near me, just a little north in Lion's Head. Um, and Barry Mucci was really involved. Cam Madawaski is one of the head guys there at the time. So we went there in the summer with some with my group from Ballistics. And, uh, you know, that place is awesome. Camp Madawaska, Camp Celtic, can't speak higher of it. It was unreal. And I was able to, as I grew older, I was able to go CIT at Madawaska and I was able to go be a coach at Camp Celtic. So that was pretty awesome. It was kind of funny with Ballistics coming from a super small town. Like everybody knows like the the Pac-Men, the Mavs, the the Waterloo Preds, all these guys. But we're just these nobodies and coming from nowhere. Nobody knows who we are. I remember actually one of our tournaments with uh, Coach Al and Coach Steve they're from Fort Ogden. And we're up at the board looking when our next match is. And I think they, we were playing against like the Predators or something. And there's a couple of those guys there. And my coach was looking at the board. And, you know, he's, if anybody knows Coach Al is listening, you know, he's, he's, he's observant. He's not going to say too much. But when he does speak, it's like super smart stuff. So he was there listening at the board. He, and the guys beside him were like, Blue Water Ballistics. Like, who the are they? <laughs> So I, he comes into our pregame speech and like he told us this and we obviously all got so fired up. We're like, who do these guys think they are? So we actually go out and we like made a name for ourselves with our little group. We, we got to be good, you know, starting from one time and we working our way up to four times a week. And we were able to create like a little core group of people who really love volleyball and really wanted to work together. And I think that's why I really like volleyball because not only is it a super fun sport, but it's super fun when you have a group of guys who like to have fun. That's a lot of fun that I just said, but <laughs> so I had a group that like when I walked in the gym, it's just hilarious. We're all smiles, always laughing, but also working hard at the same time. And that's what I like. And especially when I moved on to beach volleyball, like volleyball culture is amazing, especially moving from hockey where it's, you know, it's everybody's kind of for themselves. Like who's going to make it to the league, all this kind of stuff. I found in volleyball, it's more of like a team thing. It's more of a community instead of like a individualized goal. So now this was a step when I'm in high school and I was starting to think of like, can I play post-secondary? And there's some doubts in my head because I, I didn't really know much about it. And it kind of seemed like pretty far-fetched. But then I had some other people, uh, there's another lady up here called mrs wilkins she actually represented ontario in the canada summer games way back when so she actually sent me a photo of her old tracksuit that she wore which was unreal but i started to get some feelers out when i was thinking about university volleyball and you know like i didn't know what to do i didn't know if i need to message people or like, people are going to message me we just went to tournaments and in my 16 new ballistics year I was actually on exchange for provincials. So I was trying to beg my parents to come back a week early to get to provincials. And I know my coaches were really begging me to, but it just didn't happen. Moving into 17U and 18U, started to get a couple people, like I think coaches from RMC, coaches from Nipsing, starting to ask about who I was. And I still didn't really know what was going on. And this led me to go to Camp Metawaska and Camp Celtic. I went up to Camp Celtic, 
had a bunch of people. There's a bunch of great coaches. I think Jim Sage was up there. Uh, Dave Gross was up there. But when you're at when you're at Camp Celtic, everybody has a camp name, so you don't actually know their full name. But going up there was great because I was more of a big fish in a little pond. So I was able to show my skills super well. And that led me to actually being recruited by Guelph. So from there on, I uh, came home from Camp Celtic and, you know, Dave Gross and Cal Wigston were like, shoot me a message and we'll hop on a call. Well, it was actually Dave Gross at Celtic. So I came home, I'm like, mom, dad, like I got a message this guy. It's a university coach and they want me to maybe come. So I was super amped, sent him a message, sent Cal, Coach Cal a message, and like within 20 minutes, he's like, yep, let's hop on a call. Let's get this thing done. So we hopped on the call with Cal, and we organized a time to come see the university, meet Larry Pearson, meet Coach Cal, and, uh, just, you know, do the classic tour of the place. And after that, I was, I was set on Guelph. Um, not only was it a great school, but it was a great fit for me because it was only like two and a half hours away from home wasn't too far and it's like a nice mix between a small town and a big city so I felt pretty at home and uh it just kept going from there opportunities in volleyball just kept rolling out and that's what I really like now coming full circle when I when I was in high school I had uh Michael Amoroso come up with momentum volleyball camps and I, I know you were there too Josh um so momentum volleyball Pro camps was a camp that came up. They brought in some pro players and showed us the next level of volleyball. And this got me even more interested in the game. Uh, so coach Michael, he gave us the opportunity, you know, meet pro guys like Andre Brown. Uh, I think, uh, Alex McKay was up there. We had Eric Matson and these guys who were, who were playing overseas, who were playing post-secondary coming to Wyerton for our small group and like showing that they care showing us that there are opportunities in volleyball past just, you know, going to men's league. So from there, got recruited from Guelph. And actually in my grade 12 year, I got into beach volleyball. So I remember in grade 11, I think I had my first beach volleyball practice ever at the Boston Pizza in Port Elgin uh, with Coach Steve and my buddy Luke. I think it was raining, it was gray, it was gross, but I still had the time in my life. It was awesome. And I was hooked from there on beach volleyball. That's a whole nother story. So my first partner, Luke and I in beach, we, uh, we went to a tournament at Ashbridge's and this comes back to the volleyball culture. Nobody knew us, but everybody was still welcoming of us. It, like it felt like we already had friends when we were there and nobody knew who we were. So, uh, we did a few tournaments, you know, we upset a few teams, uh, lost a few games, but overall just had a great summer. And the next summer I, uh, I got a message from, it was the U 21 world year in Thailand. And I got a message on Instagram from Ben Kirkhoff saying, Hey, like there's these beach volleyball trials. Would you want to partner up with me? I was like, I have no idea what these are, but sounds amazing. And I was obviously at the peak in my volleyball uh, like my love for the game, my passion was just growing and all these opportunities were coming. I'm like, yeah, let's do it with no expectations at all. So we show up to Downsview and we just had the tournament of our lives really. And we ended up winning the trials. So next thing I know, I go from totally not playing volleyball, playing a little bit of volleyball, really liking it to all of a sudden going to represent Canada internationally. And it was just a roller coaster of emotions. 
I, I remember coming back from that trial. I was like teared up in the car with my dad because I'm like, dad, like what's going on? Like, this is cool. So we went to Thailand and that has led me to the next part of my career. And it's given me a vision for what level I need to get to. Cause when you go to those tournaments and you see people your age from around the world and the different stuff you're doing, it like gives you a real perspective on where you are in your game. So ever since then, I've been very motivated to get to that level um, in beach volleyball and in indoor volleyball. Because in my first year of golf, I, uh, I, I was starting on the bench and I'm just super motivated and super competitive. So if there's anybody in front of me that's stopping me from getting on the court, like I'm, I'm trying my hardest every single day to try and get there. And, you know, with some older guys on the team, maybe they, they get a little relaxed with their, with their position on the team. And I was able to beat out some people. And I actually was starting by halfway through my first year. And, you know, that led me to, uh, getting to play with guys like Zarco, like Oliver Hissink, Jack Patterson, all these really great role models that I had in my first year, which I can uh, thank them a lot for showing me the way and how to work hard. But in my second year, no, at the end of my first year, actually, that's when COVID hit. I remember we finished up our season and we got, I was in residence and we got a message saying that, you know, it's time to pack up, go home and get all your stuff out of here. And I was like, oh, what's going on? And, you know, as everybody knows that, next year really looked different for a lot of people. But luckily I was invited to the national excellence program in Gatineau during that time when COVID was in lockdown and everybody had to stay home, which I'm super grateful for, super grateful for Dan Lewis um, inviting me out to that. And that was amazing. I had never trained with a group of people like that. You know, we had guys like my partner, Stephen Abrams was there. We had Pierce Johnson, we had guys like uh, Gabrielle Chancy, uh, some big middle blockers like Jackson Bear. And, you know, this is really just the cream of the crop for volleyball players all around. So I was a, I was like, do I really belong here? But, you know, that snapped out of me quick and my competitive juices started flowing. And, you know, just coming in day in, day out was unreal training alongside those guys. I learned a lot. And, you know, I'm making volleyball seem super glamorous and it's been awesome, but you know, there are hard times too. And that's when I really rely on guys like Steven Abrams, one of my best friends to, you know, we have a lot of fun together. And even if we don't have fun, if we're not having fun, we somehow create fun. And uh, I'm just super thankful for guys like that because, you know, training every single day in Gatineau, you know, it's great. It's like minus 20, it's gross out. You have to walk to practice. It, it was hard some days, but luckily, I had a really good support around me and we, we were able to get through it. And uh, I learned a lot there. And that brings me to my next volleyball career point. And uh, I went back to Guelph, you know, it was a modified season, you know, it was a weird season where like we had to wear masks a little bit, all that stuff. But that next summer, uh, Stephen and I, I'm pretty sure we came out to the beach for the first month and, uh, came out to the beach for the first month and but before that there was a virtual junior national team program and i saw i get released actually steven was staying at my house uh during like that little covid part and you know he gets an email he's like oh i made this virtual junior national team and i was like oh that's cool like i i've never heard of that before he's like i never did either i was like oh did you apply for it he's like no they just released it so i was 
obviously jealous. And again, I'm super competitive. I was like, why am I not on that team? Like I deserve to be there. So I reached out and I messaged the coaches and I was just kind of getting a feeling for what was going on. How did this kind of get decided? And, um, it seemed to them that I was a beach player and a beach player only. So I, I made sure to say that, no, I'm super interested in this. I want to do this. And uh, I'm super glad for that because I got to meet a lot of cool guys my age from around the country. And we went back to Gatineau that summer after a month training on the beach. And we got to represent Canada at, we went to Slovenia and then we went to Bulgaria in uh, the U21 World Championships. Got to meet guys like Matthias Elser, uh, Chris Byam. Jacob Van Giel, super great guys, great athletes from out West. And, uh, you know, I was also training with a lot of guys from Ontario, like Sam Cooper, Jackson Young, Cole Petrzynski, Stephen Abrams, just a bunch of beauties. Can't leave out Michael Donovan, big beauty. Um, and that was a great experience. And then that led me to the next summer. I went full-time beach in the summer with, uh, the summer next gen pro program. And uh, I think we can get into that summer we had uh, with, with Stephen, my partner, Stephen Abrams. Uh, what, do, what do you think, Josh? Should we head into that? Yeah, before we go there, I mean, this is awesome. You're so well prepared. I ask one question and just get out of the way. So you're definitely my favorite guest so far. Uh, but let's go into the weeds a little bit about uh, growing up in Bruce County there, because uh, I think if we take away... Uh, your international experience, your athleticism, uh, the velocity you can put on the ball. You and I share a lot of characteristics. I played uh, Wednesday night Chesley League. Uh, I, I grew up uh, in Brussels but moved to Concarton. So when I started playing club, we had guys from as far as Goddard's, Chesley, Wingham, just to make a team. Uh, but uh, Barry Mutri was involved a little bit. Audrey Boss was our head coach. Uh, Chris Lawson was the guy who was running the club for the Here in Tsunami. So uh, I was wondering if you could just like – you mentioned your teachers earlier, but maybe just talk about Barry's involvement and even your dad's involvement about – how important it is to have people in the community to do the behind the scenes work. So you just have to show up and go to practice and get to play volleyball. Because uh, I think if you grow up in a, in a, in a more urban area or, or more of a city area, club volleyball is, is just always existed, but in rural Ontario, it doesn't exist unless people are putting in the work. So maybe just give a, a little bit more details on what Barry and some other people. And, and I would put your dad in that boat too, of, of how important it is for people to do the work so kids can play. Yeah, for sure. Starting with Barry Mutri, uh, so he's been running this big Bruce League for it's got to be close to 30 years. And uh, from what I understand, he was a super competitive coach and he was coaching at Chesley. And he actually had a consistent core group of very good athletes who would go represent um, Chesley Secondary School at OPSA. So a team in high school from around this area going consistently to off. So I think they probably won a few as well, was just super cool. And um, I think that's kind of what started this trickle effect for more people getting involved in volleyball. So, because a lot of those guys that were on his team, he's recruited and now they're some of the core coaches in the Big Bruce program. So we basically how it works is one night a week is Big Bruce. We go Barry Mutri is the lead coach. And then he has some other coaches who take their own court. And we basically had on average, I think about four teams at big Bruce. So you train in these teams and basically Barry is passing down all the information and kind of giving you the tools for the next step of volleyball. So I remember at the beginning, like I, I couldn't do anything. I couldn't hit a ball in a straight line. I could barely bumper volley. And I remember we get there and we work on the stride and slide. It's like, one of the most 
hard volleyball moves on your body, but it just got you so used to being on the floor. So Barry did a great job at, you know, getting comfortable, but also teaching you not only volleyball skills, but like skills that will transfer that like to life. So Barry, I remember, I forget if he ran a club team as well, but I do know that he was one of the leads at Camp Madawaska. So having a guy like that who has already been involved in the volleyball world and can bring it to the small towns, I remember like it gets those guys who are maybe on the fence about playing hockey and who want to play a different sport. It gives them the opportunity to come try it out because if there wasn't anything, then none of us would be here today. Like I wouldn't be playing volleyball or anything like that. And that leads me to my dad. So like I said earlier in the podcast, when I came to my dad about wanting to play more volleyball, he would do anything for me. He would drop and do anything and set up anything for me. And I am eternally grateful for that because I would not be here today without him. And that leads me to now. So when I first started in 16 U, we only had one team of about 10 guys. And now my dad, um, he's taken more of a role in the ballistics organization. And, you know, as uh, Michael Amoroso and momentum camps have started coming up more and more to the gray Bruce area, we get a lot more kids, boys and girls who want to get involved in volleyball. And as we know, like in Canada, it's like, it's growing exponentially and particularly in rural areas where once before there weren't any programs. I mean, Bruce County is a great example for it because, you know, I had one team in my first year and now I think this year we have around 10 teams of uh boys and girls volleyballs like for example I'm going to the 18U team tonight to scrimmage against them just down the road at the Wyerton High School but that just shows that if you can get somebody who's truly passionate and wants to get kids in the sport it can grow exponentially and you know it's kind of come full circle now because I was once the young athlete at school needing someone to come and have something set up. So that's where guys like Barry Mutri and guys like Michael Amoroso came in and provided that opportunity to us. And now I'm coming back and now I get to learn about coaching. Now I get to be more of a role model for the kids in this area. And I'm hopefully, I hope that kids look up to me and that they want to do something with volleyball. And, and, you know, there is a lot of kids now that I go to coach and I'll go to watch them play. And, and it's just awesome. Like, even uh, our last game of the season uh, against McMaster, those those two games we had back to back, we had like probably 200 kids from the Bruce County area come to watch us. Like we had over half the gym from Bruce County. And that to me was just truly special. And it truly shows that if you have something and you can build a program in a rural area and you can get these kids involved, it's a really healthy sport. And like I said, the community is just amazing. So Guys like having my dad and Barry Mutri has just been so beneficial to this community. Yeah, it's so cool that you and your brother and some other players are still connected to the kids because as you were explaining your journey, like when I was coming through, uh, I didn't know anyone who played post-secondary volleyball. Like there wasn't anyone from my high school or my club. And now I look at clubs and it's they know coaches or they have assistant coaches or they can write you an email or they can show you how to contact coaches where maybe I'm aging myself, but that just didn't exist when I was coming up. So it's so cool that uh, you have a connection with your club and your dad's involvement and, and they're showing up and supporting the squad and getting to see the highest level in our province, which is so cool. But mm-hmm. uh, um, yeah. But- just adding, uh, adding to my dad's part, you know, he retired two years ago. He was a, a school principal before. And I think he's even busier than he was then with, you know, getting involved in the volleyball stuff. And that just shows like, 
he was a coach in high school, I think when he was a high school teacher and it just shows that if you have somebody with that passion, like it's just going to be infectious. So I just, all the props to the world to my dad, like, I, I mean, he's going to be listening to this. I know he's probably upstairs eavesdropping, you know, and it, but like, <laughs> I just love him so much. And uh, it's amazing what he's doing right now for everybody in Bruce County. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. So before I got a sidetrack there, you were about to tee up the uh, summer with Steve. So you mentioned you come to the beach tour and everybody is like eerily friendly, like you're the new guys and everybody's making friends. Is that how you connected with Steve Abrams is just being at tournaments? Because obviously you started playing with Luke and then when you went to Youth Worlds, you were with Ben. So how did you yeah. and Steve uh, hit it off and become a partnership? So I remember uh, playing with Luke first at Ashbridge's Bay. We played against, uh, I think it was Josh. I think it was Josh Prayer and Josh Tamukas at the time. And I want it. The competitive guy and me says we won that match for some reason. And I want to say, like, you know, you go to your friends and like, oh, we lost to Pickett and New Selder. Like, who are these guys? So it's, it started from there. And, you know, the more tournaments we come to, the more used we get to. And, like, we're saying hi to everybody. And we're, like, starting to become actual friends with people. And that's where it first started. And it actually goes even further back than that with Steven when I was playing in Graver's Highlanders. I'm pretty sure he was on Halton Hurricanes. And he loves to remind me that, you know, they, like, just beat us down, like, 10 nothing or something. I choose to forget about it. But that is true. Steven was on the Halton Hurricanes. And I was on the Graver's Highlanders. And they took it to us. Um and then moving through, I was a part of the Team Ontario program and Stephen and Josh Tamukas were actually the other Cantu who traveled with us to um, Thailand with uh, Ben Kirkhoff and myself. So it kind of started there, you know, just hanging around with each other. And then uh, I think I remember there was, I think it maybe it was a Team Ontario camp in, um, I think, Horseshoe Valley in Barrie. And we started talking, we are like, hey, like, maybe we should partner up and like maybe that would be a good idea. And, uh, I think we finally made the switch and it, it was history from there. Like it's pretty easy. Beach volleyball is an interesting sport because you have partnerships where maybe the guys work too well together, but they don't like each other or, you know, you're working with one guy and, uh, the relationship is everything. And I found that Steven and I work so well together because we're best friends and, uh, we both love having fun and we both play the best when we're having fun. And it's, easy to have that much fun with your best friends. So from there, we uh, played a bit of Timo together and uh, partnered up for the next summer. And uh, I actually remember we partnered up for one tournament that summer when I was in Ben, I think, uh, just on the off tournament. I don't think Ben could make it. And uh, I think we actually ended up winning it. And we are like, okay, there's something here. Maybe we should go full time. And then from there, we went full time. And um, I think we're going to run with it uh, once I graduate and see what happens, but going back to that summer, not last summer, but the summer before that. So two summers ago, Oh, we started off with coming from indoor volleyball. So our indoor season ended in the OUA. And then of course we instantly were trying to get on, on the sand. And I think we had, this was a loaded summer. It, it definitely took a toll on the body, but it was an amazing summer. And it started with a big OVA tournament, I'm pretty sure, in Toronto at Ashbridge's Bay. And uh, I think we actually, hate to say it, but we beat Jacob Neal and Alex Russell for the first time. And that was a really historic win for us. I remember sitting in the beach chairs after, uh, right on the court. And, you know, you kind of have that euphoric feeling, kind of like, wow, did this just happen? And uh, 
that's when we knew we like had something special and we and we need to pursue it. Um, so from that OVA tournament, I'm pretty sure we went to, if I'm remembering correctly, we had Canada Summer Game and Fisu Trials. I think those were pretty close together and we managed to win those. So we won the berth to go to Canada Summer Games and Fisu in Brazil, which you were a part of, Josh. From there, we went to the Calgary Open which I think it was, it was the first annual Calgary open. It was originally supposed to be partnered with the stampede, I think, but something happened. And then they had a pretty nice facility. It was at a park, bunch of courts. I think it was ran by uh, Ben Saxton and Ben's dad. I got to meet them. That was super cool. We managed to win that one. So we got first at the Calgary open, which was amazing. And then we went to the van open and I'd only heard stories about, I didn't really, truly grasp the the magnitude of how large this tournament was and the culture around it and it was so cool to be there firsthand and experience it i remember being there and i think we got a wild card and we got right into the tournament which was amazing because normally there's a pretty grueling qualifier where you have to play a bunch of matches i remember we were playing a bunch of ubc guys on one of the courts closest to the water and it was one of the last matches of the day. So it started to, you know, attract a lot of attention. And we're two Ontario guys, nobody really knows. And they're like, why these guys have the wild card, whatever. And we are just getting torn to shreds by everybody at the van open, like just getting melted by people. And they're letting us know all this stuff. And it funny story about this one actually is, uh, we go up one set and, uh, I think in the second set, uh, you know, there's a sky ball tradition at the van open and it's a tight second set. And, uh, Steven does a sky ball and everybody's letting him know whatever. And they ended up winning the second set. So we go into the third and you know, tensions are high. We we're just getting berated from the sidelines. We have people sitting in our bench from like supporting UBC guys. And we're like, what's going on here, but whatever, like it's, this is awesome. We loved it. And we get to, I'm pretty sure if I remember correctly, Stephen can correct me on another podcast if this isn't right. We're up 14, 13 and Steve in the third set and Steven chucks up a sky ball. It was so <laughs> funny. And he, he gets it in and we get the steal and we win. I don't think I've ever sell harder in my life for a victory, but that was one of the most legendary matches I've had at the band open, I think so far. And I'm really looking forward to go back. And we ended up with the bronze that tournament which is pretty cool for your first van open, I think. Um, and then after that, we went from the van open. We actually took a trip to California. We went to Hermosa beach and trained for a bit, uh, with, uh, coach Andrew Koss, which is unreal, who is actually our Canada games coach. So we went there to train and we played against, we actually played against Troy field and, um, Buttinger or Buttinger, however you pronounce it. We played against, uh, some of the guys closer to our age who were going to Fisu. And we also got the opportunity to go to, I'm pretty sure it was in San Diego at Chula Vista, the Olympic training center. And we got to play with some of the under 20 guys as a nice training week before Canada games. So that was an amazing trip. We had lots of fun times. Uh, that's just another guy who added in on the fun, Andrew Koss. I can't speak any higher of him. I'm really looking forward to working with them. Once I graduate this year, it's going to be awesome. Um, then we went to Canada games and Canada games was 
unreal. It was uh, a week-long tournament at Brock University. And, you know, they put in the new courts. I, I'm Correct me if I'm wrong. I think they built that arena for Canada Games. Is that right, Josh? I'm not sure. Yeah, it, it was a legacy uh, project for sure. Yeah. And uh, so that tournament was awesome because it's not like your regular OBA tournament where you're crushing like six games in one day. You know, it was more like one or two games a day and we could really prepare for it. And uh, we were one of the older teams in the tournament, I think, because for beach volleyball, it was under 21, but plus the COVID year, you could kind of be like a, a year older. So then you have some, some sports who are like U16. So it was like an interesting dynamic. We mainly just kept to ourselves. There were some fun games like in the, in the athlete village, Cornhole. Played a lot of Cornhole with Andrew Koss and Stevie. Um, and we ended up winning that tournament, which was awesome. Um, I don't think Ontario had won since Adam Podstaka and Reed Hall. I'm not sure what year that was exactly, but it was at least over a decade. And, uh, you know, that was just great feeling. Uh, it's always fun to win a tournament and especially one that only happens once in every four years. So that one will go down in history. I, uh, have my, have my medal hanging up in my room. And then we, uh, popped, actually we were supposed to play beach nationals that year. We, uh, Steven and I were in them and my back was acting up probably from just so much volleyball, but we actually had to withdraw from that tournament in hopes that I'd be good enough to go to Fisu. And then all three of us hopped on a plane and we went to Brazil in uh, Maceo, Brazil. Uh, that was a super cool experience. I'd never been to Brazil before and it is one of the hubs for beach volleyball. So it was super, super cool to see how much passion they have for the sport down there. And we had some super good matches. I was still a little injured. So like looking back on it, I'd like to think we would have done a little bit better if I was in full health, but nonetheless, we still had very competitive matches and uh, I, I'm pretty sure we lost like 15, 13 to Pedrosa and Campos who did they win a challenger this year? They won Edmonton. They won Fisu. They've beaten every Canadian since we've played them because I've been keeping track. Uh, yeah, they're probably our rival without knowing that we even exist. But yeah, that's a solid team. <laughs> yeah, that, that was super awesome to play guys like that. And teams like that, we didn't even really, I didn't know too much. And then you find out later that they're dicing it up on the world tour, which was pretty sweet and kind of gave us some perspective that, you know, if we pursue this full time, we, we can be competitive on the world tour. Um, Unfortunately, we had some sickness go through during that tournament and, you know, some different things, but all in all, it was a great end of the summer. I, uh, I had a great time. You know, you're in Brazil. My dad came, Steven's dad came. We had a little cheering section. Um, that was, that was awesome. Uh, I looking back on it, I'm excited for the next time we go to Brazil. Maybe I, I was worn down by the end of the summer, but looking back on that summer, that was jam packed with just a ton of fun and that will go down in history. And that leads me to the next summer. Um, I, I dealt with some injuries. So after that summer, I came back, I was a little bruised up heading into the indoor season and, uh, we had a hot start in the indoor season. Uh, we got to Christmas break and in our first game back, we were playing against Waterloo and we fired up. So I, I'm originally blocking in position four and then, fired up. So me and the setter switch, I'm blocking in position two and I go up and I go for a block 
And I just catch the ball on the worst way possible on my thumb and it instantly breaks. And I, I knew it instantly broke. I come down and I got a touch off it, thankfully. So the play kept going and uh, the ball actually came to me. And I like, you know, people who have dealt with injury before, sometimes when it happens to you instantly know if you broke a bone or not. And uh, so block, block touch, snap my thumb in half get down ball still up. I go to out of system bump set one to the uh, position for attacker. And, uh, it only goes like a foot above the net and people who are listening, obviously know when you're trying to out of system set, you're trying to get some air under that ball and trying to get up high. So I instantly knew that something was wrong. And after that point, you know, I subbed myself out and I go coach, like I know I broke my thumb, which is for people who have dealt with this is devastating. Like dealing with injury is never fun. And uh, this was really the first time in my career where I had an injury that totally took me out for like a long period of time. And it was super frustrating for me because we had a really good start to this season. And now I'm out indefinitely for the rest of this season. So this is when you have a choice. If there's a younger people listening, um, when you get injured, you have a choice if you're going to make it all about yourself or if you're going to do what's best for the team and find other ways to get involved. So I had probably a good one day in my head of like, oh, poor me, poor this, this shouldn't have happened, whatever. But I quickly snapped out of it. And my new focus was how can I help the team and what can I do to make my team better now that I'm not there? So luckily it was my left hand. So I could still go in in the mornings and serve balls and stuff like this. So, and you know, I could always bring a good attitude. Having a broken thumb doesn't change the attitude I can come into the gym with. So it was a blessing in disguise because it gave me a different perspective on the sport of volleyball. Um, seeing what other stuff I could do, it actually led me into getting interested in coaching a little more, which uh, leads me to this last summer we had, uh, you know, looking at the beginning of the summer, I was uh, obviously thinking about coming to the next gen team or not the summer next gen team. And I was thinking, you know, my thumb's like still healing, you know, if I get balls off it, like there's a really good chance it's going to break again. So I think I'm just going to chill out for the summer and really focus on getting my thumb back to health and, you know, maybe trying to work and make some money. So that's when, the, you know, with the momentum volleyball and coach Michael Amoroso, who I cannot speak higher of, he's uh, one of my mentors for coaching. And uh, he was actually just up here this weekend. You know, we had a camp uh, up at the Maywash community in uh, Cape Croker on Friday. And then, we had a session in Wyerton and then we had a session in Owen Sound Saturday, Sunday. And then we went to GC Houston and Port Elgin for an elementary day. So uh, it was good to see him and catch up. But uh, this is where this came full circle coming back to the thumb thing. So uh, he provided me with some opportunities to coach in the Grey Bruce area, which was unreal. So he reached out and he's like, Hey, are you interested in coaching? I was like, yes. And uh, I instantly filled up every single week of my summer with coaching. So that was awesome. You know, coaching is a totally different skill and I had to start from the bottom and, you know, it's a little awkward at first, but once you find your voice and all of that and things you want to talk about, uh, it gets super fun. You get to meet a lot of kids. You get to see them progress. It, it's, it's really cool actually. And I'm excited to, to keep doing that. Um, so that summer I coached pretty much every single week with my brother, Danny and, uh, for anybody that doesn't know Danny, Danny had a similar path to me, started out with hockey, switched to volleyball because his older brother liked it. 
started playing in COVID when we built the court in our backyard and uh, it's been history since then. He transferred to Guelph from Windsor and now he's here with me. Um, but yeah, we, uh, we coached all summer and, you know, nearing the end of the summer, my thumb was starting to feel a little bit better. I actually went in a, for people, uh, who don't know, there's a tournament in Concarden where they, uh, the junior B team takes out the ice and puts sand in and they do a little sand tournament inside the rink. It's, it's really cool. So I played that, played it with one hand, uh, played with some of my old coaches. It was awesome. Uh, some old coaches from big Bruce, like I mentioned earlier, and we actually won the fours and the sixes tournament. And, you know, there's some teams there that like they had a roster on them. Like they, there's a full team from Queens with starters from the men's and women's team. And then there's some other various teams who had some really competitive people. And I, I'm blocking with one hand and playing with one hand and we managed to win, which was awesome. And then after that, I remember being at a momentum camp in Wyerton and my good buddy Jackson Young messaged me and we were kind of scheming whether we should uh, enter the men's nationals or not because I thought my, my thumb was ready to go and I was just itching for competition. Good. Throughout the summer, Danny and I would, you know, we had some beach camps and some indoor camps, so we were always touching the ball. I hadn't lost my touch, but, uh, you know, making that step to senior men's nationals is, is pretty intense, but I think I was ready for it. And we were a late entry and they de- decided to get us in, which was unreal. And, uh, thank them a lot for that. So Jackson Young and I went down to Ashbridge's Bay and, you know, hadn't really trained together at all. We went down the day before. And we just kind of talked about setting and what kind of sets we want to run. And uh, we had a pretty good run. We we pulled Sam and Dan first game. So that was great, you know, just get torched a bit, get the motivation going. And then we had a good run, one of three Saturday to get out of our pool. And then we matched up with uh, Jake and Russ. And uh, I think it was like a pre-quarter. And uh, that was a difficult match. I think we lost 15-13 in the third. And, uh, that was, uh, no, we had a pre-quarter against Josh Tamukas and JJ. And then I think it, maybe it was a pre-pre-quarter anyways, it doesn't matter. We, uh, lost to Jake and Russ and we just enjoyed the rest of our time on the beach. It was, it was amazing. And then I'm pretty sure a week or two after that, there was the university beach nationals and, uh, my brother and I, so the university beach nationals is basically you're representing your university and you have to play with somebody from there so i i chose my brother danny and we went down and we we had been playing with each other all day or sorry all summer and uh we had been setting up like show matches in the bruce county region the great bruce region for uh you know for younger kids to come watch like what real beach volleyball looks like so we would have like 50 people come out watch us we play against our old coaches or something so we had decent amount of training and uh we went to the university beach nationals and uh it was, it's a tough tournament. It's a pretty grueling tournament. You play pool play. And then I think on the finals day, we played like five matches in the blistering heat, but we uh, managed to win the gold medal there. And that was, that was super cool. One of my favorite wins. Cause you know, I'm playing with my brother and you know, sometimes it's really hard playing with a sibling, but Danny and I have a pretty special relationship where, uh, you know, if we get mad at each other, we, we drop it pretty quickly and we have a lot of fun together. So, um, Shout out to him. He probably took some heat from me, but you know, he's got a good chip on his shoulder. He can take it. So, uh, yeah, we ended up winning and that was awesome because I think that was one of his first big wins as well. So that was basically, you know, that big summer with Steven 
junior national. I went, that's basically my whole journey. I went hockey to volleyball, build up my week with volleyball in the Grey Bruce area, went to a couple of volleyball camps, won that trials at uh, Ashford Downsview to make it Thailand for the beach worlds, signed to Guelph, you know, when COVID hit, hit, went to NEP next summer, went to JNT, went to the U21 worlds indoor next summer, went beach team. But there's one thing I am missing though, from that summer was Stephen. I can't believe I missed it. The super backyard mega bowl <laughs> that was in there. And, uh, you know, I'm two and zero at that thing. And that's probably one of the most prestigious turn or games you can get into. You got to be invited. So I'm looking forward to this summer, getting back into it for the mega bowl. And then, for people that don't know what the Super Backyard Mega Bowl is, it's uh, the Abrams family hosts a Super Backyard Mega Bowl in their backyard where they have a grass game and they invite all their buddies from Georgetown and the surrounding area to fill up this mega match. So basically the way it works is uh, we go golfing in the morning. We have a big golfing match. Uh, from there, we come home play a mega match in the backyard with all your buddies. And uh, this is probably one of the most intense matches of your lives when you're in this. I remember my first year and I was, uh, uh, that's when Steve and I just kind of started hanging out a little more. And, um, you know, if you're a little scared, like I, I remember Jacob Mills on the other side, just let me know. And uh, I managed to win, but uh, you know, you learn some things about yourself in these matches. And of course, like any good volleyball player, once uh, the game ends, everybody goes back to being good friends. So uh, after that, you just hang out with all your buddies and have a good time, have a campfire. But uh, yeah, I'm glad I remembered that because that was in that summer with Steven. And it might go down as one of the most legendary summers of all time. But, you know, I hope to, to best it at some point. Sweet, man. Let, let, let's pull on a couple earlier points there because I think you, you said a lot of great things there. But I, I do want to go back to... Uh... You mentioned the summer of the injury and for young athletes, they have a choice. And I'm curious, how did you stay steady with that? Because obviously you're filling your calendar and you're having so much joy and you finally get a summer off volleyball. So you're around family and friends, but uh, that must get tested, right? So are you a big journal guy? Are you just a big live in the moment guy? Did you appreciate that you got to sleep in your whole, your own bed instead of going from Guelph to Toronto to Gatineau or wherever you've been the last few summers? Like, what were some day-to-day things you could do to make sure that like you weren't checking Instagram and you're like, Oh, it's van open weekend. I wish I was playing or it's provincials. It's this, it's that. Like, how did you just keep your head clear knowing that like you made the right choice and you were still having a great summer? Yeah, that, that was something I struggled with because you know, you do see those Instagram posts and you do see these things of always people having fun. You see the people going to like Quebec for the Quebec tournaments and all the stuff you're missing out on. But I think what kind of helped, helped me was, just recognizing that taking the time off is going to help me in the long term. And sure, I could go and go to these things, but if I go and I hurt myself, I'm just set back even longer. So I think it was being diligent with myself and understanding that not playing right now is okay, which is not an easy thing to do by any means. Like I, I wouldn't say I struggled, but I did have a hard time like making myself understand that now is just, the time to re- not relax, but now's the time not to compete and hurt yourself anymore. So one thing that I would encourage young athletes to do is I learned this at the junior national team and it's three step. It's a three step process to, you know, kind of grounding yourself when you come up with situations like this, 
And the first step is recognize. So for example, for this, for this scenario, I recognize that sure, I could be going to all these tournaments and having fun, but I also recognize that if I don't go to these tournaments, I'm going to be able to get back in them a lot sooner with a lot more strength in my thumb and not putting anything at risk. Cause the other thing I recognize is if I go to a tournament say in Quebec and somebody breaks my thumb on a block, I'm not going to be able to come back to university and play the next year. And, you know, being a big part of my team, like I need to be there. So, and the next part of, uh, of this is accepting. And, you know, I just had to accept that this is the fact and I'm still going to have a good summer, but I need to accept that this summer I'm not going to be competing in as many tournaments that I'm used to. And I'm going to have to accept the fact that I'm going to feel these feelings of, uh, you know, FOMO, like I'm missing out on all these things, but it's whatever, like, it's all going to be okay. I'm going to get there again. And then the next part is reconnecting. So I need to reconnect to the fact of if I want to come back for these tournaments, I need to start working out now. I need to still work on my body. I need to still work on my game. And I could also reconnect to the fact that why don't like, it's super nice. You're never home for the summer. These past few years, you haven't been home for the summer, even a little bit. So I think that was huge for me is, uh, that three-step process of recognizing, accepting and reconnecting. And, uh, I tried journaling and stuff like that. You know, I honestly wish I did more, but I kind of stopped doing it and I've moved more towards this RAR. Um, so yeah, looking back, like I easily could have rushed myself and been like, Oh yeah, I'm fine. Like I'll still go to these tournaments. It won't be any problem. And, and you know, that's when you get injured again and it sets you back even longer. So yeah, recognizing what's going on, accepting it and reconnecting to what your goals are is a, a major tactic that I use in, in every day to day life. Like you can use it pretty much in any scenario. So I would encourage people to try it out. Like if something's going wrong, uh, just see how it feels. And the more you do it, the better you get at it and the quicker you can reconnect to everything. So there you go. Awesome, man. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing that. Uh, and I don't know why our sport does this where we label, Oh, that guy's indoor, that guy's beach. Like you're just a good volleyball player. And, and we just had uh, Koski on the show and I forgot about this with your U21 year. So you guys went online and then with the COVID rules, Quebec opened up a little bit earlier Then you went training, but uh, I forgot about this and I'm sure a bunch of people did. You guys actually went with more people than you needed overseas and they actually made cuts on the road with you being yeah. a, a left side. What was it like going on an airplane knowing that like, did you know you were on the squad? Did you think you were on the bubble? Like I know there was a last minute injury, which is heartbreaking, but what was that season like knowing that somebody could get COVID? So we got to travel with more cats and somebody's not going to get to play the tournament. It was, it was honestly really interesting because I thought of myself, we had thinking back to that team, we had a stacked team, like looking at the left sides, we had me, Eric Sixna, Michael Donovan, Jackson Young, Sam Cooper, Cole Ketrzynski. You know, you're looking at this roster and you're like, okay, I must be on the bubble because all these guys are insane. But looking back at our class of uh, volleyball athletes, we probably had arguably one of the strongest class of outside hitters of all time. Um, so we'll see how that plays out, but going and traveling, I, I mean, I was super thankful to first of all, make the travel team because they did make cuts in Canada for a few people. So I was super stoked to be on the trip, you know, it, it, and it kind of just made you hungry to keep trying and trying super hard every single day. Um, but 
looking back on it, like that's just a super, super hard decision. And knowing that either you or one of your close buddies that you've trained alongside the whole summer is going to have to go home while you're almost at the tournament that you've been working for is, is scary. And, it, it, and you know, anybody, nobody likes getting cut from a team, especially when you're at the airport, you're about to go to Bulgaria or you're going to say bye guys. And I'm going to go catch my other flight back to Canada. Um, it was nerve wracking. And, you know, the way it played out was like, who knows if, um, Eric didn't roll his ankle at one of our trainings, like who knows I could have been the one going home, but we'll never know that. And, uh, I think it was just a really interesting way to do it. Like I understand that they had to have some safety precautions in case anybody got sick, but looking back at it, I just feel bad that guys even had to go through that, but you know, that's the nature of the sport. And, uh, if a thing like that happened to me, you know, I would be supporting for my team and, you know, I'd be training them on from home and hopefully I would be able to, you know, recognize, accept and reconnect to, to what my goals were after that and see what I could do next. And I wanted to get your thoughts on this and I know it comes with a huge bias where I am the, the next gen beach coach and there are guys in certain situations where uh, Tyne and Gannett, uh, not playing post-secondary, wants to focus on beach full-time. Totally fine. But I also love and support guys like you who want to play indoor and then come to the beach when they're done. So what would you tell younger kids about having to make, to make the choice right for them? Because I think both sides are pulling. There's only so many high-performance athletes in the pool that we all want to work with them as long as possible. But for a guy like you that's doing both at a super high level, um, how are you able to make that choice and also like defend that choice when both sides come pulling at you? You know, this is something that's been eating away at me for all these years because I know eventually I'm going to have to make a concrete decision but I would say just keep the doors open from my personal experience keep both doors open as long as you can because uh you know eventually you'll have to choose but what I found about playing both sports is not only is it a nice break from each other but both sports actually complement each other where I'll go to beach volleyball and I'll get really good touch on the ball, come back to indoor. And I'll just feel like amazing with the ball. And the same thing when I go from indoor to beach, it's super refreshing because, you know, obviously it's a different dynamic than indoor volleyball. And I, I find like, as I've been going through school and going from indoor to beach and indoor to beach, I find I'm so excited for the beginning of the season when I change sports. And then near the end of the season, I'm really looking forward to that next one. So I would say, Honestly, I think the best thing for me was just playing as much volleyball as possible. And I think I can attest a lot of my success to that is I have just constantly been looking for opportunities to play as much volleyball as possible. And I think that is the right way to do it. And um, now I can give some advice because now that that decision is starting to, you know, it's coming up and it needs to happen soon. You will find out what you're truly passionate about. And uh, even though it doesn't seem like you do know the answer or there is no good answer or choice. Um, it will come to you. And even if you don't think it will, because for me it has, and, uh, you know, you'll really follow your heart. And I, I believe that you should choose whatever makes you the most happy and what you're the most passionate about. So, um, yeah, keep the doors open, play as much volleyball as possible. And, uh, yeah, I would highly recommend kids to start beach volleyball, even from a younger age. Like I started in grade 10 or 11, I know some kids who started like 12 U. So who knows how much better they're going to be than me, you know? So yeah, just play as much volleyball as possible. And when the time comes to make a choice, just follow your heart and what you're most passionate about. 
And one thing I wanted to ask about you, because you did mention you're you're really competitive, just in general, not just in volleyball. And I didn't really notice this. I must have had a blind spot because I've known you for a few years. But uh, one of the the newer coaches at York pointed it out, where when we played against you guys, they felt like you controlled the match in so many different areas. And what I mean by that is like, yes, you were getting blocks, you were getting kills, but you also picked like opportune times to kind of like talk through the net. You picked opportune times to be really calm. You picked opportune times to like really celebrate a teammate. And I'm just wondering, is that something you're conscious about? Is that your leadership style or is that just you genuinely having fun with your friends? Because it, it just seemed like, like I said, you were getting points, but you were also controlling like the mood of the match as well. Yeah, I think that a lot of that comes from experience and, uh, you know, playing with some older guys. I remember, um, you know, when I first started out and I met Jake McNeil, one of my good buddies, he, uh, he told me like, if you're not in a game and you need to find something, you need to find something to get you in that game. So that's what I found sometimes. And is if I'm not having a good game, I need to like get fired up about something that gets me in that match, whether that's like a ref call, whether that's somebody didn't even say something to me, said something to my team mate, and I just get fired up about it. I need to find something to get my emotions going. Cause I find I play well off my emotions and like the more fired up and the more confrontation there is, I find I play a bit better in regards to controlling. And like, do I think about this stuff in the middle of the matches? I would, I would say I do because, you know, coming into the captain role, uh, I haven't always been like a huge leader on my team. I, I find I lead by example a lot and it's a little harder to, I find it really hard to lead like, you know, with these big motivational speeches and stuff like that. And it's, it's something I'm, I'm still learning to do, but um, I'd find in the matches, I'm just looking for opportunities to support my teammates as much as possible to notice when the other team is maybe, you know, already frustrated. And if you poke the poke it a little more like they'll get even more frustrated so looking for the more you play you kind of start to recognize the trends and when you have the opportunities to do these things but uh you know i'm never i'm never just doing it for the sake of doing it i'm always all my actions are calculated and i'm trying to you know poke at the right time bring some of my teammates up at the right time you know you know you got to know when just to say nothing and, and act like nothing's going on but i will say like the recognize, accept, reconnect is one of the biggest changers for me in my mindset of, uh, of volleyball because it allows me to snap into something super quickly mid game and, you know, kind of recognize when you need to do a certain action in the game. And, and that York match is a great example for that because, you know, we lost a close first set, but maybe we should have won, you know, some guys are up tight. So that's when you kind of got to take it upon yourself as a leader to say like, all right, here we go. Like we've been here before. It doesn't matter. And I think that comes from a lot of experience. You know, I'm in my fifth year now. I've seen played in a lot of matches, a lot of situations. So uh, if I could encourage anything to, you know, start to harness these tools, I would, uh, I would just say, look up to the guys on your team and pick and choose certain skills or tactics that maybe they use and maybe ones that you don't like that they use. And you can kind of create your own athlete toolkit from just snagging different things from different people. Like I, I snagged that, you know, getting fired up from Jake McNeil. And sometimes, uh, some people are super calm. I know Zarko was super calm, uh, like, uh, snag some stuff from him about, uh, knowing when to be calm and, and cool. But, um, you know, I, I think it's all about just playing a ton of matches, seeing a bunch of situations and then applying what you've learned to the, to the moment.
Yeah, you, you use the word experience there, which means this is a, a learned skill, and I think you need to bring attention to it. But uh, I got to know, with your wisdom and your experience now, does that mean it ever went wrong? Did you ever poke the wrong bear and you kind of switch the other guy on? Or any any games you look back and be like, oh, I shouldn't have done that? Oh, 100%. <laughs> uh, I remember playing Jake, actually. And, you know, Steve and I grew is we got to give him absolutely nothing to get fired up about from our side. So Steve and I are normally like big cheers. We love like hyping each other up. But when we play them, we just say nothing. We don't try to give them anything. But I remember, you know, when we first started playing, uh, maybe we got fired up a little too much once or twice. And, you know, that just lit him up so much and we really felt the wrath of it that day. Um, indoor wise, uh, not too much comes to mind. Um, you know, in my younger years, don't, didn't really do much. Just kind of, just kind of went under the radar. But you know, this year I'm not afraid to to get fired up, uh, chirp a bit. But you know, it's all within moderation. And the big thing for me is if if this kind of stuff goes on in the game, you. My big thing, and this is another thing Jake taught me, is as soon as that game's over, like it's all it's all cool like i don't keep any sort of grudges after matches and i think that's something younger players need to understand too is what happens on the court happens on the court and what happens off the court is totally different and uh you need to be able to just turn it off as soon as that last whistle blows so i think that's a super important lesson i've learned too because you know it starts to get kind of greasy and grimy if you are, are carrying these uh emotions and attitudes once the game's over because that means like it, it's really getting to you but uh, if, you, if you're able to drop it and understand it's just a part of the game, then, you know, that's when it can become a real tool. Awesome, man. Yeah, thanks for sharing the behind the scenes here. I'm just looking at the clock and I've taken a lot of your time here on holidays. And I, we usually end with a, a funny or unique story. But uh, you and I were talking before the show, and I think this one needs to go on the Internet, even if it embarrasses Danny a little bit. But anyone who watched the college university finals knows that uh, you guys battled. And, and that was a tough victory over your, your fellow Guelph uh, Cats and Cam and Colin there, but I was wondering if you could let us in behind the scenes of uh, how you won a match with basically your brother on one leg cramping. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is a great one. I remember actually, uh, as this cramping was going on, I go over to my parents and I'm like, this will be the greasiest win of all time <laughs> if we win. So basically what happened is I think we're on our fifth match of the day and it's the final of the beach nationals. We match up with Colin and Cam from our school as well. And, uh, Danny, like it's super hot out and we've played a lot of matches and we're trying to get as much liquids in as possible, obviously, but you know, sometimes you just can't. And, uh, at the beginning of the match, you know, we're doing some warm up swings. I think Danny takes like three goes for his fourth. He's like, yeah, I'm good. And he just goes and sits down and we're like, okay, so this is going to be interesting. So we win the first set and, uh, Danny's legs were fine and getting into the second set. I think he went to go do one practice swing in, in between and uh, he's like, yeah, something is wrong here. So we're battling through the second set and uh, you know, Danny can't really move too much and it starts full on cramping and he goes down. So we call one medical say, Hey, this guy's cramping. Let's get the, the physio lady over here, see what's going on. And uh, it just wasn't doing it for him. And then all of a sudden in the crowd shouted to Steve Teal, he comes over and he's like, I know what I'm doing. Like he just starts doing all these moves on Danny and uh, it starts to work. Like he's releasing them. And anybody who's had a cramp knows it's like one of the worst feelings ever. And uh, so he starts working. We got five minutes with the first medical 
And this is like mid second set. So after that medical, we come out, he tries a few points. We end up uh, losing the second set. And Danny's like, you know, he's super upset because we're in the final. We made it to the final and we're going to have to withdraw because he's cramping, which nobody wants to do that. So I'm thinking quickly here. I'm like, okay, Danny calls medical. Like that stuff was kind of working that Steve Teal was doing. I'm going to call my medical. I'm like, I forget who was on. <laughs> I forget who was on the stand, actually. I wish I remembered, but I was like, yeah, I need a medical. Like I don't feel good. Super hot out here. Like I feel really bad. I to throw up. So we get a second medical and Danny goes right to the sidelines. Steve Teal comes over, starts working him again and starts to release it a little more, a little more. And then this is between like end of second set going into the third set. We're tied one, one and this is our second medical. So obviously we don't have any more. Then he needs a little more time to get Danny going. And our second medical is up and you know, the ref is really hounding us to get on the court. He's like, get on the court. I'm like, timeout right away. Match hasn't even started. Nobody's even on the court. I used our timeout for our third set. I used our second timeout for our third set. It's zero, zero. We have no timeouts left, no medicals left. Danny's hobbling on one foot and uh, they're serving him, obviously. Like, why wouldn't you? And, you know, we're getting a few points here and there, but they go up by quite a few. And then this is when, like, they made a mistake. Like, when you put your foot on the head of the snake, if you lift it up, it's going to bite you. So they start serving me out of, like, pity, I guess, or, like, <laughs> mercy. They started serving me. I'm Danny's like, I just start getting free side outs. Like, maybe we get, like, four side outs. Danny looks at me. He's like, dude, like, we can win this. Like, we're down, like, let's say – just for the sake of the story, it's 11-7 for them in the third set. He's like, Johnny, just two ball, absolutely everything, and I will just stand in the middle of the court. If they hit a high line, I'm just going to throw up a thumbs up. If they hit it again, I'm going to throw up two thumbs up. <laughs> I was like, okay, perfect. So we do that, and for some reason, Danny's like getting a couple of digs, and he's putting up to me. And, you know, I'm bump two balling, pokey two balling, uh, jump setting, volleying over to balling, and we're getting close. So now we're like, it's, it's kind of tight. And, you know, they're like, oh shit, like we might blow this. And uh, obviously Danny and I having played a lot together that summer, like we started kind of start to feel the other team's feelings. Cause you know, you've been there, I've been there before, you know, blowing a third set. Lead. It, it's a bad feeling. And it's just compiling and compiling, especially when you're getting beat by a bunch of grimy two balls over and over. It, it doesn't feel good. So then we get to, uh, we get to, I think I'm back on the service line. It's like, let's say we claw back 12, 11. I go for a run uh, and it's, it's, it's crazy because each point we're going, Danny is getting even worse in his legs. He's like, he really, really just can't move. But you know, shout out to my brother because I think if I was in the same situation, I'm not sure if I could have muscled through it. And that just kind of shows, you know, how tough that guy is. And uh, so we muscle it way back. And um, last play, I think, for some reason, they roll it right in Danny's lap. Danny puts me up in two and I cutty two ball for the win. And that was probably one of the craziest wins in my life because it's not often that you play five matches and your partner is uncontrollably cramping and you call two medicals and then two timeouts before the third set even happens and you still manage to win the match. So just 
one of the craziest matches of all time. I, I think that will probably be one of my favorite ones. And, uh, you know, we have a gold medal, gold medal to remember it by. And uh, it was extra special because, you know, two kids from Gray Bruce and, you know, we were in the Owen Sound sometimes. It was, it was pretty cool, pretty special. And uh, it was just surreal after the match. I remember we were going to eat at the green, I think purple eggplant or something on Queen Street. And like Danny can't sit with his leg bent, like his, his leg still seizing up. And uh, we were just both kind of like, what is going on? I can't believe that happened. And then uh, it was funny because at the table, I think Volleyball Canada posted a, like a cool edit of the last point and we're just like watching it on repeat for like 20 minutes straight. We're just like, how did this happen? And uh, shout out to Cam and Colin. I know that was a, you hate to be on the receiving end of that one, but it was really cool to see Guelph come top two. That was awesome. And, uh, um, you know, there's always the next one and I won't be at the next one. So hopefully Guelph can continue to win it. And that's basically the story. Amazing. Amazing. Well, buddy, thank you so much for coming on the show and explaining your pathway. Cause like I said, one of my favorite things at beach tournaments is just kind of stand where I can eavesdrop a little bit. And your story is pretty unique and I'm glad we could get it on record of where you came from and all the great people involved to help you get to the highest level of our sport. So thanks for the behind the scenes treatment. Uh, enjoy the rest of your break and looking forward to a big second half with Guelph. Yeah. Thanks for having me. You know, Probably going to try not and fire up and break my thumb. So if I keep this thumb healthy going in the second half, who knows what can happen. 